0: Blood and Prayers Later I spoke to those who attended the ritual of invocation of the infernal and the Eternal, asking each for an account of what happened. Zanotto was adamant he saw wraiths circling beyond the table, and Jack was certain she had heard the faint whispers of a great and desperate throng. Jones doubted that my hand was ever pierced by the knife. Talav had simply indulged in a clever sleight of hand. Kokani, though, had no doubt that my flesh had been ripped by the blade. Only on three points did all accounts agree. That things happened extraordinarily fast. That Talav dropped the knife and collapsed mortally wounded. And that the chained and beaten Bramlant suddenly broke into piercing song. I, of course, am the poorest witness of all. I did not see the ritual. I lived it and suffered it. I was the ritual. Yet for the most part, I was the sole witness to my journey through the realms of melkarisha The only other witness was Talav and then only to the end of my time there. And of course, her account has never been put on any record. I know what I endured was real. But except that the cynical or the malcontent could easily dismiss my experiences as delusion or hallucination or evidence of insanity. But there is a witness to what happened between Talab and I after she collapsed. I fell to the floor beside her and tried to damn her awful wound with my hand. But the savage gash would not close and the blood that spurt hot and thick began to flow through my fingers slower and slower. I clenched my fist and raised it high above my head. In my desperation I was prepared to try beating life back into Talav's blood-soaked body. But another hand grabbed mine. Korkani knelt beside me, holding tightly onto my fist. Gently, Your
1: Excellency. He said in that weak, whispering voice of his. You can still save her. Only you can. She's on the border between this world and the next. Only the love and prayers of a true prince can pull her back.
0: With that the augur opened my fist and placed my hand back on
1: Talav. Pray, Your Excellency, pray with all your devotion and love and commitment.
0: My hand trembled as I struggled to find the proper words. Kalkani turned away from me then and gave instructions to the other
1: participants. It is time for prayer song. Sing that the divinities may hear you and turn their gaze this way.
0: I pressed my hand deep into the soft, cold mound of Talab's breast and looked again at her face. Her eyes were without movement or life. Her lips were a pale blue. Behind me voices began singing the song of departing. The voices were coarse and clumsy, yet they managed to keep a rough harmony as they sang the opening line. The Queen of the Universe wept. And then another voice joined in. It was beautiful, the high sweet call of a castrati. Yet it made my skin tingle, for I guessed that the singer must be the ogre bramland. I pictured him sat in his chains and bruises and broken bones, his one eye hanging like a pendulum and swinging back and forth as his mouth sang so sweetly. I shook the image from my mind and focused with all my heart and devotion on Talav, the woman who had saved me from the harrowing hedge and now lay lifeless before me. The beauty and terror of Bramlin's singing filled me, as finally I found the words to speak in prayer. Queen of the universe, mother of us all, mother of Saturn and Jupiter, Uranus and Neptune, who in their songs of grief created earth, the divine home of gods and human souls. Please hear my prayer and save this wounded hero. Divine Beatrice, Guardian of Hearts and Pathways, please hear my prayer. Seal up the wound in this woman's heart and guide her to the path that will bring her home. Holy Espeth, please hear my prayer. Bring her sister back, let her drink and dance again with her comrades. Space, sacred and all-powerful space, Please hear my prayer. Look kindly on this fairer through the stars. Let her voyage a little longer in this mortal realm. But though my tears mixed with my prayers, Talav did not move. The wound no longer spilled blood, just gaped red and ragged. I lifted my hand and examined the bright and congealing blood that stained it. I cannot do it, I hissed. I cannot save her. Kalkani was kneeling beside me. He placed his hand on mine and laid it once more on that gaping wound. You can, he said, if you are a true prince. There is none truer, I hissed. But even as I spoke, I remembered the bitter talk with Augur Gallias when I had foolishly blotted out my plan for abdication. Kalkani had a sad yet knowing expression on his face. I fought the urge to punch him, for I knew then what I had to do, and it sickened me to be caught so.
1: Your Excellency,
0: spoke the augur,
1: you must pledge yourself now to remain a true prince, and to never forfeit what only the gods have a right to take away from you.
0: I knew there was no other thing I could do. Talav deserved life. But even as I began to make my pledge, I did not understand the fullness of Kokani's cruelty. I swear by all the divinities that I will remain prince and leader of the sage in house, I said. But Talav did not move, and the singing of the broken bramland rose higher and pierced deeper. Do ye
1: swear by your ancestors
0: asked Korkani. Hatred for that little thin-voiced man flared inside me, but I made the reply,
1: I do. Do you swear by all your lands and all your possessions? I do, I spat. Do you swear on the lives of your household and servants and the lives of all your subjects and all your dominions? I do, I growled.
0: I turned to Talav again, but there was no sign of life, no flicker in her eye, no twitch of her mouth. I looked at Kokani and saw that he too was gazing at the flight commander's blood soaked and unmoving body. The auger looked back at me. His brow creased slightly and his mouth opened and shut, as if he too had been touched by doubt. But when he
1: spoke next, His cruel words were uttered without any hesitation. Your Excellency, do you swear on the soul of your long-departed wife, Numa? My white, burning rage must have etched itself onto my
0: face, for the augur flinched as if from a blow, but I did not attack him. My hatred collapsed as suddenly as a pricked balloon. I was trapped and could not escape. Talav was equally trapped on the borderline between life and death. But with my aid she could escape. I closed my eyes and whispered, I do. Blood spurted from Talav's torn breast as she coughed and her eyes blinked. Kokane put her hand on top of mine. Now the gods will heed your prayers, your Excellency. And so I prayed once more and Tala was saved and what became of my wife's soul I shall never know mm. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of Marcus, Marcus and the Hurting Heart. It's all coming together now, so stay tuned. Please rate and review the story on all the social media apps out there. And uh, mind tell your friends, your family and your ancient enemies about the story. If you want to support my work, donate the price of a coffee to my coffee fund. It's uh, on the episode notes. If you want to know what I'm going to be up to after Marcus and Marcus is finished, follow me on Instagram. There will be reports there.
1: Um, what else?
0: Yeah, you know what? I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Look after yourself. Look after those around you. Be kind and be patient. And stay tuned.